not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. Working all
feel like I'm all over the place. I've got too much Bible to read. This is what we're supposed to do when we gather, right? Read and sing praises to his name and encourage each other, right? In Colossians chapter three, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I think that can be read as kind of like a Maybe like a feel-good, you know, it's got a lot of nice words in it. But for me, man, that's a, that's a really high calling and command, isn't it? Wow. To be clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. To forgive each other when we're not worthy of being forgiven. And I think this is what makes the church so different. And this is why Jesus says, to his disciples, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one This is how they know that we're Christians, that we follow Christ, is that we love one another. And yet, these are all the, the commands that we have gentleness and patience and that we forgive each other and that we, I don't know, church, I just wanna be getting it right. Do you? I know you do. Um, we're going to sing this last song, and I, I just want to encourage you, if you want to come kneel here, these altars are always open. You can, you can come here at any moment. If you would rather pray your prayer on your face, on your knees, sitting down in your seat, given us the Holy Spirit because the thing is is all these things we don't have to do on our own right that's why we that's that's literally when we when we sing out um all my uh what was it we were just singing it about his strength this is you are my strength you are my strength that's because we can't do those things we can't forgive each other we can't love one another well in our own strength I mean true love and true right all of it that the, the trueness of that only comes in his strength and so may we be a church that just falls on our face lord we need you we can't do this on our own we need your spirit as you've promised to come and dwell in our hearts and in our lives every moment of the day bless you lanina love you thank you the holy spirit is here and he and he promises to radically move and do we expect that? I'm gonna get off on a rant. I just wanna sing and I wanna pray and I want us to be a people that just so desperately want the Holy Spirit 
here in this place. Would you start your pretty intro? Nothing 
lot of ways we've just prayed our voice together, but let's let's pray our our, um, our common prayer right now. Grant us, O oh Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts. For as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We have something just a little bit different this morning. I know that for the past year and a half, you've been used to either Josh or Mara coming up in this moment. And we've called it the next gen moment. And that really started back at the beginning of COVID when we shut down and we were doing um, just live stream. And we we just wanted a time for um, the different generations to be able to connect to their leader, Mara and Josh. But as um, things have kind of come back together and we're here and we've been meeting again for a solid year, um, we're just kind of trying to shift that focus and maybe bring in a few more voices from our church and um, really just wanting to fold in some other um, ways to connect you to what's happening in our church and kind of the heartbeat of our church. And so um, what we're calling this now is the connection moment. And so our first connection moment is our own Emily Lauterbeck, and she's going to come and talk about Serve Day. Good morning, everyone. Um, so hope you enjoyed that little video that highlighted some of the projects that we completed on Serve Day last weekend. Um, it was an awesome day. We had over 120 volunteers. It was our biggest Serve Day ever. These pews were packed with people from churches across our community. Um, we had a great worship service together, and then we sent out teams all over our community to complete various projects. Um, some of the things that we did, um, we painted a bridge in town that had some graffiti on it that the city needed taken care of, and so we, we did that for them. Um, there was a park that had a lot of weeds along the stream, and so we sent a team over there to clean that up and make that look really nice. Um, we did some outdoor work at some of the senior living communities here in town, and we um, packed over 100 meals for the Hope Center. Um, so I don't know if you know this, but they have, they keep some um, non-perishable meals available in their facility for people in the community who might be, might be struggling, might be homeless, living in their car, that sort of thing, so that they have options for some food and water. Um, so we packed 100 of those to donate to the Hope Center. Um, we also had a, a member of a Union County Neighbor to Neighbor that needed some outdoor work done, and so we went to send a team to help her out um, with her flower beds and whatnot in her yard. We had a free car wash here at the, the church. We had, had, as you saw, some people stand out. There were signs that said free car wash, and we had quite a few people come in, and, and we got to speak with them and, and serve them through washing their car. Um, we cleaned up the football stadium. They had a game that day, so we had a team that rushed over and got the football stadium all cleaned up um, for them. And we also had a team that organized some um, orphan supplies for orphan care ministries um, to help that ministry out. Um, there might be some other projects I'm missing, but I just wanted to highlight a few of those and let you know um, some of the great work that was done on this day. We're so thankful for everyone that came out. Um, and our goal for this is that um, yes, this is one day. We organize it every year, um, but our goal is that you'll take, be inspired and take this day and convert that into service in your everyday life. Um, find a local organization to volunteer with, help your neighbor. Um, just, just let this be your inspiration to guide your life um, in a life of service just the way Jesus did. Thank you. Give Emily a hand. Don't you appreciate all she does? 
Emily's had a heart for our community. She also organizes a Tuesday night um, meal delivery for single mothers. If you'd like to be a part of that, we, she'd love to roll you into that anyway. She receives food. She coordinates our Uptown Friday Nights events, and she just has a heart for our community. So thank you, Emily, for all you're do doing and all that you do, and we really appreciate your work on Serve Day. She makes a difference in our community uh, with what she's doing, and we'd invite you to, to, to join her and uh, and be proactive. Uh, we, we want to be a church that's known for members who are serving in their community and their neighborhoods. Let me ask you, who are the people in here that lose your keys? Anybody here key losers other than me? I am not the only person that lose my keys, right? You know, why is it they're always in the last place you look? That was a joke, but that I guess that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm a key loser. I, I, I'll admit it. I'm a wallet loser. I'm a phone loser. You know, Ter Terry just sometimes calls me a loser. And, uh, but, you know, I lose these things. And last week I was looking for my glasses and looking, 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 and then I looked in my hand, and they were in my hand. Anybody ever do that? Man, I am really showing my age. I was looking all over, and I, oh, they're, they're my hand. You know, you, you always hate losing things, particularly the, the more valuable something is, the harder it is to lose. And uh, you know, I, I, I can think of a time I had a, a cousin that they got up on a Sunday morning and his mom, my aunt, got him up and, and then he was gone. And he was like nine or ten years old and, and so they looked and looked and looked and they could not find him. They called the police and, and it was Sunday morning. They were supposed to be going to church. And they couldn't find Danny and, and then about noon he come walking out of his closet with his blanket where he had went back to go to sleep. Uh, and so the, the search was uh, over, and they found Danny. But, you know, we lose valuable things. Terry had a ring uh, that many years ago disappeared. It was when Spencer was younger, and, and Spencer liked to, to drop things in the commode here and there. And, and so we looked and looked and looked, and, and finally we decided, well, that, this is just, this is joined the sewage. <laughs> and, uh, and it was gone. And, and so it was gone for 15 or 20 years. And, and we had two moves. We moved into two different houses, moved over on Valley, the house we rented, moved in this house that, that we bought off trophy. And, and so like last summer, I'm going through some boxes just, you know, because I still have a bunch of stuff in my basement I need to get rid of. And I'm going through these boxes. And there was one of these boxes, I was just junk in the bottom. And I shook it a little bit and I looked and there was the ring. Uh, after all those years. And so, you know, it's always good when, when you find something that's valuable that's been lost. And so this series, we're, we're talking about lost and found. And, and really the ideal of this series is, is, is finding things that are lost. And we're going to talk about a king uh, that had determined there was something that had been lost in the kingdom of Judah, that, that there was something missing, something wrong. This king Josiah, and he begins to seek after God. It, the, the history is, is kind of important to understand this. You have the chosen people, the, the children of Abraham, and they're the chosen people, and, and they end up in Egypt, and then in Egypt they end up in slavery, and then you have Moses who comes and takes them out of slavery, and, and God takes them through a wilderness experience, and, and then he brings them into the, the, the promised land, into Israel, and, and so they possess the land, and they have judges, and, and they have ups and downs with the judges, and, and then they have these three kings, Saul, David, and Solomon. And David is this king that represents 
God's blessing and the kingdom in full. Solomon has his issues, and after Solomon, the kingdom is divided. You have a northern kingdom, Israel, and you have a southern kingdom, Judah. Uh, the, the northern kingdom is taken into exile by Assyria somewhere around 700 B.C., 700 years before Christ. And there's only the southern kingdom left, which is Judah, which is where Josiah is the king, and, and somewhere around 600 B.C., the southern kingdom, Judah, goes into exile with Babylon. So you have all this going on, and Josiah's one of these last kings in Judah, and he's, he's a good king. He's one of the few good kings near the end. In 2 Kings, it says this about Josiah, Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord like he did, with all his heart and with all his soul, and with all his strength. <laughs> you know, kind of the, the great commandment there, right? You see that Josiah is seeking after God. Now, Chronicles and Kings are parallel accounts. And 2 Chronicles introduces us to Josiah in this way. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. So this story begins with this 16-year-old king, Josiah, and he begins to seek the God of his father, David, he had heard the stories, he, you know, I, I kind of have a feeling he had heard the Psalms of, of David, and he, he heard all these stories of the past, and he knew that something was wrong. And he identified, David wasn't his literal father, David was a, an ancestor, he identified with this ideal king, David, and he understood that David represented something significant. Even though David wasn't perfect, he had flaws, he represented something different and better, and this God of David represented something more, and he understood that something was wrong in the kingdom, that things weren't how they should be. He began to seek after this God that was the God of David. And this is where Josiah's story begins. It's not where his story ends. But when he's 16 years old, this is where the story begins. He begins this seeking after God, knowing that there's something more. And so my question for today, and, and really the question as we begin this series is, what are you seeking? Well, what, what, if you were to, to, to be transparent and you were to be real, and the most important thing that you're seeking in life, what would that be? What are you seeking. In our age, in our day, what I often hear is that we need revival, all right? And you hear that. We, the church needs revival. Our community needs revival. Our land needs revival. And we hear that over and over, that we, we need revival. Revival always begins with God's people. You understand that, right? That if there's a need for revival and, and, and something's wrong, the problem is not the people who are not God-seekers. The problem lies with the people who are identified as God-seekers and God-people. It always begins with God's people. And it always begins 
with individuals and spreads through churches into communities. And it begins with this seeking after God, where seeking God becomes the priority of our life. Listen to this verse. Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. <laughs> See, God's not hard to find. God, God's not trying to hide himself. God wants to be found. He wants us in relationship with him. But oftentimes the problem's not God, the problem's us. We're seeking everything other than God. So what are you seeking? If I were to see the priority of your life, the most important thing you're seeking, what are you seeking? Now the seeking, the seeking for renewal, the seeking that you see in Josiah, the seeking that I think the church needs, that I need, that you need, is associated with brokenness, humility. It's this ideal that something is not right. The status quo is not enough. And so it's a seeking with humility. Once again, we, we, we know the scriptures, Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. You know, it's, it's brokenly seeking after God, a realization that the status quo is not enough, that something's wrong, and it's a turn towards God. Jesus says it like this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What are you hungry for? What are you thirsting for? What's the priority? What's the most important thing? What has to happen this week that you're insisting on? What are you seeking? Are you satisfied with the status quo? As things are, is that okay? Or can you sense this need for more of God? Or are you hungry for more? Josiah, no other king like him. Not because he was the perfect king, not because the circumstances were perfect, but Josiah, as a 16-year-old young man, began to realize that things were not good how they were. The status quo was not enough. You know, every story has a beginning, and this is where it starts. Renewal starts with us seeking God. Can I go back to the same question? You getting sick of it? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What's important? Kobe's um, now three years old, our little Kobe, our little 90-pound dog that was supposed to be 40 pounds. And I taught him as a three-year-old, we didn't do this early because I was more worried about teaching him not to chew on the walls, right? Uh, it wasn't important for me to teach him not to give handshakes, right? So I taught him two weeks ago how to do a handshake. And I did it with a treat, right? You know, so sit, he sits, have the treat, shake my hand. Man, he shakes and then gets the treat and he's so happy. The problem is, if he does not see a treat in my hand, 
There is no handshake forthcoming, right? He's just sitting going, hey, dude, I'm not just shaking your hand to shake your hand. I don't like you that much. See, Kobe wants the treat, not the connection. Is it possible that we're seeking the blessing, but not the person? That, that, that what we want is really not this connection with God, but what we want is healing. What we want is peace. What we want is to feel good. What we want is direction or a culture. That, that we're not really seeking the person of God, but we're seeking all those blessings associated with the person of God. So are you seeking God or the blessing? See, God seekers have certain characteristics. God seekers pray. Yeah, yeah, this, is, this is Bible 101. This is church 101, right? You know, there, there is, there's this, uh, and I think it's Jim Simbola says that this ideal of prayer, prayer is like oxygen to, to a believer, that there's no such thing as a non-praying Christian. Christians pray because they seek that communion with God. They, they pray with others and they pray alone. And, and that's why we're going to do prayer groups. I see all these different options. There's a ladies' prayer group. And, and I'd love to see us not be a church that has one big gathering, but have a whole lot of smaller gatherings where many people are involved in prayer. And so we want to partner with you. Sue wants to partner with you. I want to partner with you. We want to help you find a place where you can pray with other people. We believe, I believe, that God-seekers pray. And prayer is done alone and in community. God-seekers study. And say, as I'm saying all these things, I, I, I think these are check marks you put down. You say, okay, am I seeking Am I praying? I mean, these are things that, that help us gauge where we are spiritually. If we're not praying, folks, we're not seeking. Can I get one amen to that? It's true. Can, can we be honest enough to say if we're not praying, we're not seeking? God seeker study. We have a, Sunday, a couple Sunday school classes. We have collectives. We have a men's group. We have other groups. I think there's a ladies group that meets. And we, we have right now media on the back wall. You can see a QR code. And you, you have all sorts of resources. You have so many resources to different studies that people are using. And I encourage you, are, are you studying? Are you in the Word? Are you, are you studying with others? God seekers worship with others. That there's something that happens when we worship together and God-seekers worship with each other. God-seekers serve with others. You know, the, the, the glory of serve day is not what was accomplished on that day. The glory of serve day was, it was the church together serving. God-seekers are being transformed. That, that's the thing about my God. I don't know how God deals with you, but God has been in the process of changing me my entire life, right? You know, I'm different today than I was last year. And, you know, it's, it's, you know God, God's just constantly working on me and moving me and changing me and growing me. God's seekers are being transformed by His Spirit. Renewal, revival can start with one. One person. Josiah impacted the kingdom by himself as a 16-year-old. Now he's the king, right? 
but he had an impact on the kingdom. Could you be the one? Are you the one that revival could come through, that renewal could come through? Gideon. Gideon's one of those great judges, and I love the story of Gideon. Gideon is in the wine press, and and they need a revival, and, and the angel comes to Gideon, and, and what's Gideon say? He says, I'm the least of the least. You don't want me. Pick somebody else. You know, God may be tapping you on the shoulder and saying, you know, I don't see you like that. I don't see anyone like that. And you could be the one that sparks a revival in your family, in your Sunday school class, in your church, in your community, you could be the one. Let me ask you, is the status quo enough? Is it enough? Are you satisfied with how things are right now? In your spiritual life, in your family, in your church, in your community, are you satisfied? You want something more? We're taking some space and some time just to... um to seek him this morning. And Amy's going to come and, and play. I don't know. I, I just kind of feel that I need some space at the altar this morning. And so I invite you. Maybe you want to join me. Uh, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Lord, help us just be obedient in these moments. Uh, Lord, help us to be truly seeking you. All heads still bowed. But just ask. Just is the status quo enough? Is there something wrong? If you sense that, would you lift your hand so I can just see and be praying with you? I can see those hands. You can put them down. You know, it starts with prayer. It starts with the study. It starts with others. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, right now, we just give you praise for your patience with us. That, that even though there's times that... Um, that we fail, you never fail. There's times when we're not faithful, but you're always faithful. There's times that we stumble and you pick us up. Lord, we want revival. Uh, we want a fresh move of your spirit in our families, in our lives, in our church. Lord, help us to seek you not just the blessing, but you. All these things that you add to our life, we're thankful for. But Lord, what we want more of is you. That blessing without you is nothing. So, so Lord, help us to identify those areas in our life that have priority over you. Lord, help us to let go of non-essentials so we can grab hold of the essential you, the one that matters. Lord, help me. Help me as pastor. Help me as a husband. Help me as a father, as a believer. 
as a member of this church, a member of this community, to be who I need to be so that your kingdom can grow in me and spread into our community. But Lord, I'm not alone. I'm one. In this room, Lord, there's some that have raised their hands and some that haven't. There's some that are kneeling. And Lord, there's, there's others in this room that this message was for. It's time to stop playing games. It's time, Lord, to pursue you wholeheartedly. Lord, we cannot continue to be satisfied with a dead and dry religion. But Lord, we need your spirit fresh and new. So Lord, give us strength. Give us wisdom. Give us the humility to be able to acknowledge our need for you. And Lord, in that acknowledgement, may your spirit break through in a fresh, in a purifying way and transform us more into the image of Jesus Christ. Now we pray these things in the name of Jesus, who came, who put on human flesh, who, who lived, died on a cross, was rose from the dead, and makes intercession on our behalf in the heavenly realms. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. God bless folks, you are dismissed.